Welcome to Season 2 of IVF Tales. I'm your host, Simone. This podcast was created with the intention of making the world of infertility a little less lonely. Each episode will have a new guest share their IVF journey, sharing some of the most courageous, surprising, intimate and saddest moments of their lives. It's real and raw, it's IVF Tales. Thank you so much for joining me tonight, Mariah. No, thank you for having me, Simone. If you would like to just get us started by telling me a little bit about yourself and how, how your IVF journey started. Yeah, so me and Bo have been together since high school, so year 12. Um, and we live in our own home. We've got two dogs. We've also got two cats um, as well. So we started our IVF journey in 2018. Um, Well, no, not our IVF journey, like actively trying to have a family in 2018. Um, Prior to that, I did know that I was diagnosed with polycystic ovaries um, syndrome quite early um, from like the age of 13. Oh, wow. Yeah, I know at that stage, (laughs) I had no idea. Um, I didn't really pay attention to it either. Um, But yeah, I was pretty young and I didn't really go on the pill because I didn't really get periods and things like that um, through that stage either. So kind of always just was like, cool, I don't get a period, no worries. Um, Being in high school, obviously it makes it super easy because you don't have to worry about um, obviously getting your period at certain times or whenever. Especially those swimming carnivals. I remember that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, swimming carnivals, yeah. So, um, yeah, pretty much what, what the, the plan was, um, I know when I was younger, is that we did do, like, ultrasounds every couple of years just to make sure, like, everything was fine. We did do um, a couple of blood works when I was a teenager and things like that, but nothing really... I guess that we knew. We kind of just like, yep, cool. The doctor said that's all fine. No worries. It's like, see you in the next couple of years, pretty much. <laughs> um, a lot of the time they did were like, they were like, you know, you should go on the pill so that way you can regulate your period. And I was like, didn't really think anything of the pill back then. Um, my mum also didn't think that the pill was necessary either. So we kind of just, yeah, left it as that. Um, but yeah, we then started trying in 2018. Uh, we bought our first house in 2017 at the age of 20. Oh, wow. You go get her. Um, <laughs> That's so cool. Yeah. Yeah. So we um, pretty much lived with Bo's family when, since I moved in with him, I think three months after we met, or a bit longer, maybe. And then we've been together ever since. And yeah, we literally just stayed at home, just worked. Um, I got my diploma in beauty and Bo was just getting, um, you know, finding a job that would suit him best. So yeah, and you know, we always wanted a family. Bo did always dream of having like a big family. So I come from a family um, of, I'm one of eight. 
and he sees that as like the best thing in the world because we're all so close together and he thinks that yeah was just a really good like big dream of his um me myself I always thought of myself just having like two or three kids not not more than that um (laughs) (laughs) because growing up in a big family you know it is pretty expensive not like we didn't go out um go without anything but I just always thought the smaller the better it's going to be easier were you the oldest or youngest or in the middle um I'm the third oldest okay yeah so we're all under the age of um at the moment all under the age of 27 to 14 yeah okay yeah um so with your knowing that you had your polycystic ovaries so you sort of had the in the back of your mind that you thought you needed to start earlier in life or at that age because you sounded so you're sort of 20 when you were deciding to start a family so did you think it's time because if we want to have a few kids, I better get started because there may be some difficulties in terms of um, tracking my cycle and ovulation or were you, did that not matter and you just thought, no, I'm ready, let's do this? Yeah, so we did have that discussion, I think, when we were like, um, you know, that 1920, we didn't want to be super young, but at the same time we did know that potentially it could be a bit of a, I guess, a setback for us. Mm-hmm. So we, um, in 2015, I did suffer like severe acne and that probably took me about a year and a half to get rid of. And at that stage I was completing my diploma of beauty. So it got really worse from there. So my mm-hmm. periods were like, oh, it must've been like 18, 18, my periods were like super heavy and I had the worst acne. It was pretty bad. Mm. And I pretty much did like heaps of skin treatments and heaps of like vitamins and things like that to help it going. Um, by the end of it, I think like two months coming out of that, I did go on the pill just to clear up the last little bit for about a month. And then after that, I stopped and my skin kind of went back to normal. So it was really weird, but. Um, Interesting yeah, that the after- pill does that, has that effect on skin. Uh, there yeah. you go. Yeah, it was just for contraception but anyway there you go learnt something (laughs) yeah so it was yeah it was really good to finally have clear skin because obviously working in the industry um you always have people looking at your skin and um you obviously want to have be be able to show that yes hey you can um fix your own skin and things like that so yeah. yeah but after that um after three months of like trying um, in 2018, um, because I didn't have my period, I think I had it like once that year in 2018. Wow, so very, very irregular. Okay. Yeah. So I was like, oh, this isn't really going to work if I don't have a period. Mm. So yeah, went and did that. Um, went through the GP and he was pretty happy to just refer me to a fertility specialist um, because I had been seen him prior so he did know like I don't get periods and things like that so he was like yeah no worries Mm -hmm. so I booked in January 2019 with a fertility specialist um, and you know I had my first appointment in January 
we prior to seeing him though like in December of 2018 we got like all of our hormones checked um, all the blood work like AMH levels Um, I also got Bro to do a semen test as well and trying to get that all ready for them because I was like making sure (laughs) I'm pretty organized and make sure that I have everything that's not going to reflect and we see him and he go after five minutes do these tests and come back so I was trying to beat that so that way we could have all our tests and it'd be all good no worries yeah and so did anything come up other than the polycystic ovaries with those tests that you did initially um honestly I can't really remember mm-hmm. That's <laughs> but okay. I did I did know like my AMH was like above like higher more higher than usual mm-hmm. so and then both sperm levels I said oh yep that's all fine normal normal range that's okay um we did have like a couple other things that we did get tested from him but we ended up booking like a laparoscopic and a hysteroscopy because mm-hmm. again didn't have a period yeah so we went away did the extra testing came back we saw him in february and um i had to go on the pill and I was like working out at that time so I was going to the gym consistently to try and re-regulate my period before having to go on the pill because mm-hmm. I was pretty adamant I didn't want to yeah um but yeah not having a period for like 14 months he was like yeah no <laughs> um but we ended up going back to him in March and when we came back to him to do all the final Um, payments and things like that for laparoscopic we ended up finding out that I was actually pregnant oh wow yeah so we found out that we were pregnant um in March we were pretty like whoa because they don't that would have been so shocking yeah I was a bit like how (laughs) yeah (laughs) um so yeah we obviously um our fertility special was like, okay, that's good news. Um, we pretty much just saw him for our six-week scan. We did it, um, I think we only did like one HCG or mm-hmm. two, maybe a couple of days apart. And the, the, the GP was like, yeah, cool, you're sweet. And, yeah, we saw him at six weeks and 11 weeks, our fertility specialist, and he was like, yep, cool, all looking good. Go find a hospital where you want to have a baby. Mm-hmm. Had you um, overcome the shock by then? Like at 11 weeks or you? Yeah. Like it was feeling real? Yeah. So when we found out, I think I was maybe like four weeks pregnant. Mm -hmm. And um, I think it only took us like a week or two to be like, oh, okay. (sighs) Um, Because what I was... 20 or 21 at that stage or mm-hmm. yeah 21 I was 21 so yeah it probably took us a couple of weeks to let that sit in but once we hit like that you know the first scan for the heartbeat and then the second scan um with you know our fertility specialist and we could see the baby was all fine the baby was all healthy mm-hmm. we were like cool we've got this yeah 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 um and then yeah we were then a couple of months had passed 
So what we were after our 11 week scan, um, we were celebrating our, I'm going to say our five year anniversary in May. Um, and we were due in November. So mm-hmm. we went out and celebrated, but then the next day we ended up, well, Bo, I was letting him sleep in cause we celebrated, um, went, had dinner and then we went um, to one of his mates' place afterwards and they were having drinks. And at that stage, I think I was like, yeah, 11 weeks. So I was or 12 weeks, mm-hmm. 12 and a bit weeks. And I was like, yep, yeah, I'll let him sleep in. But then I just kind of got this weird feeling when I was like cleaning the house, like, oh, I don't really know what this feeling was. Um, and then I ended up having to go to the toilet and end up finding like I was like spotting And then probably like an hour later, I started bleeding. And I was like, oh, like, I'm not going to panic. Like, this can be normal. So I just called, like, the hospital and just said, like, you know, this is my first time, not too sure um, what's going on. And they were like, you know, it can be normal, but if obviously it picks up, like, come, come down or you can go see your GP. We've got where we live, like, we've got, like, a a medical hub which is like a mini mini hospital so it has like gps and like psychiatrists like just like a mini hospital and then we also have like a large hospital Mm -hmm. so I was like okay like I'm gonna just call Bo's mom and was like hey like this has happened like not really sure what to do and obviously I didn't really want to wait too long at the large hospital so I was like we'll just go to you know the mini hospital and just get everything checked out um, but pretty much as the hours went by, like, I was bleeding, bleeding quite heavily, like, through, like, pads, through underwear. And we were waiting for the doctor, I think, for, like, three hours or so. And I did have a nurse that waited with me the whole time. And she tried to get, like, the Doppler to work because it was a Sunday. So they didn't have any technicians on to do a proper ultrasound mm-hmm. at this many doctors. She didn't really have much luck luck with the Doppler but um I just had to keep going to the toilet and I just said like I'm not really sure what to do and they're like just wait for the doctor like the doctor will come out and I was at this stage I was like I don't really know what the doctor's going to do um Mm. but it was pretty horrific the doctor there um was like okay like the hospital told me to check your cervix so we'll check your cervix because they contacted the large hospital Oh, okay, yep, yep. And so they're like, oh, check the cervix. And I was like, I don't know how you're going to do that, but okay. So, um, yeah, they ended up doing, obviously, with the the curette, trying to check. Oh, so a speculum just to have a look at your cervix. Yeah, Yeah, a speculum, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Anyways, he goes, there's just too much blood. And I was like, just laying on the bed like you think. (laughs) Yeah, I know that. Oh, you poor Uh, thing. So, yeah, that was, like, pretty bad. Um, And so there was no one there to to do an ultrasound just to to have a look? No, you know, because they do have, like, a mass ultrasound place there. They were, like, can't do it. Like, you've got to go to this other, like, to obviously to the larger hospital. So Mm -hmm. we went over there and I was like, like, hey, like, you know, this is what happened. I'm 12 weeks and a couple of days, like I'm bleeding. She's like, okay. She's like, just have a seat. I'm like, I can't. Hmm. 
I was like, I can't sit down because the, the chair that they had was like fabric. So if mm. you were to sit down, like it would stain. Oh, so it was quite heavy, you're bleeding. Mm. Mm. Yes. So, um, yeah, so I waited uh, for about six hours for the next doctor to come and see me. And at this stage, like, they were doing, like, blood tests and things like that, and that was all coming back fine. Um, and the doctor just come up to me and was like, look, you're miscarrying, just go home. And I was like, oh, oh um, we haven't even checked an ultrasound. Like, what? Yeah, you probably just wanted to know what was going on either way. Yeah. Mm. And they were like, and then she come back and she was like, fine okay, we'll do an ultrasound. And so, like, within, like, the half an hour, they took me through. Mm-hmm. Um, did the ultrasound and, you know, the lady there was like, look, everything's fine. You just have, like, a, um, a subchronic hemorrhage. Mm-hmm. I mean, hematoma, sorry. Subchronic yeah. hematoma. Um, they usually go away on their own. Um, so I was just kind of just put on bed rest. They um, gave me, like, some fluids and they gave me, um, the anti-D injection as well because I have mm-hmm. um, the rhesus factor. Yep. So they did that and that was pretty much it. They didn't really tell me anything else. They just said just go home and go on bed rest. Okay, so it was a, a viable pregnancy but you had a, yeah. a hematoma. So yeah. they just said be on bed rest until it what resolves. Yeah. Okay, yeah. wow. So that was a bit of a bit of a whirlwind of a day for you. Yeah, that whole 24 hours was pretty hectic. Yeah, um, gosh. Like it was pretty, yeah, it was just pretty traumatic. Mm-hmm. Um, but in saying that, a couple of weeks later, I ended up, um, after all the bleeding stopped, I think it was like a couple of days, and then mm-hmm. I just started like bleeding again. Um, and everything was fine. We went back to the hospital. This was like, I like 13 weeks and a couple of days. So about mm-hmm. a week a week later yeah and they couldn't really find out like what was wrong it was yeah it was was just a really bad I don't really even know how to to explain it but yeah we literally I started pretty much bleeding again and they were like oh like I'm not really sure like what's happening like the baby looks fine like on the Mm -hmm. ultrasound I was like I'm so confused (laughs) But in the end, like, it was probably, like, I was in emergency for, like, I don't know, three or four hours and I was in resource for that time as well in the emergency. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, I ended up giving birth to him, like, six hours later. Oh, honey. Yeah. Oh, I'm so sorry. And, like, it was just all on Panadol. It was great. It was a great time. Oh, so that was pretty. That was pretty hard because. Of course, yeah. Was Bo with you at the time? Was someone with you? Yeah, yeah. Bo was yeah. with me, and his mum was with me the whole time. Cause, yeah. Because it all happened at home, and mm-hmm. you know, I was like, "Oh, cool, like this is normal." Because I started feeling really sick, and like I wanted to throw up, mm-hmm. and I was like, "Oh, this isn't good." And then I started like bleeding like really heavily and I just had like these massive like these massive like blood clots that were like I don't know like 
like a fist size blood clots and I was like babe like oh. you need to call your mum like get me to the hospital like now yeah, yeah. so yeah he was with me the whole time and um you know I was pretty much in and out of like contractions throughout that that stage mm-hmm. um don't really remember all I remember is seeing the ultrasound and like they're like the baby's fine like everything's good like yeah yeah you know we're not going to give you anything because like let's just see if it calms down yeah so it's very unexpected yeah Yeah. and then um yeah they dragged me up to maternity ward after and then the doctors and the other nurse was like hey like have you been given any pain and I was like no but um they ended up giving me the green whistle and like they um gave me morphine as well just for that last half an hour of contractions Mm because it was pretty hard yeah um and yeah so after that we ended up um all a bit of a blur for the next five weeks of that um, oh, of course. Much Understandable. Work. Yeah. yeah yeah I didn't really go to work and um they were all really good about it and yeah I kind of just took a couple of months off after that mm-hmm it was pretty hard going back to work because there was another colleague that was due this like the next day after I was. Oh yeah, so, that's always hard. Yeah. Yeah, that was pretty hard. But um, yeah, no, they just gave me the NED injection again, and I had to obviously have a DNC, um, and things like that. But I did get to like hold the baby and stuff. Yeah. So. Oh, I'm so but, sorry um, for your loss. Yeah, that was really hard. But um, once we got past that stage, um, we started trying again in, like, September, October. Mm-hmm. Um, but, again, like, I didn't really have a period. It w- I think I got it once between May to October, um, mm-hmm. if anything. So we ended up going back to the fertility specialist. And um, when I rocked up there in December, he was just like, oh, like, how's the baby? And I was like, what? Oh. I was like, did you not get my email? Oh, no. Yeah, so he mustn't have read it. So I was like, oh, I'm not here for that. But, <laughs> um, like, I would like to, like, start, like, our next plan. Yeah. Um, and he said, look, you fell pregnant naturally the first time, so let's just try and put you on Clomid and, mm-hmm. um, you know, s- see if we can do it that way rather than doing the laparoscopic and the hysteroscopy mm-hmm. um, and do it that way. So I was like, okay. Um, so we were pretty excited. We didn't really know, I guess, what we were in for. All we knew was, like, we just after, like, being pregnant, as you know, everyone else who is pregnant and does lose a baby, that becomes like your sole focus after that. Mm-hmm. So, um, how many rounds of um, how did the Clomid go? How many rounds did you go? Um, did you do and we, things? We yeah, so we did five rounds mm-hmm. of Clomid. Yeah. Um, three of them we did tracking with like your OPKs, your temp charting, so the yep. basal temp, and you know doing your blood work. Mm-hmm on day 21 and things like that and look that was probably like the hardest time of like trying uh for me and Bo like that was um pretty hard because even though like we were like wanting it it was really hard to 
uh, have timed sex, if that makes sense. Yeah, after. yeah, of course. Yeah, it sort of takes the fun out of it, hey, when it's on a, yeah. on a regime. Yeah, and because obviously, like, we are both working and um, it was just, like, trying to get the time in and, you know, having to get up early to do my temperature and making sure I did it. Mm-hmm. That was, like, probably, like, really hard. Yeah. Um, and you know, every time we got our progesterone back, he was like, Hey, like that progesterone is really high, so mm. everything's looking really, really good and then obviously would do a uh a hate you know, your pregnancy test and it would be negative, so Yeah. So you did five five rounds of, of that. Clomid, yeah. Yeah. And so there was that back yeah. to back? Like one cycle yeah, after back the to other? Back. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And we did different rounds, like different like um, uh, dosages, mm-hmm. different dosages each round. Yeah. Um, and yeah, like it's pretty pretty hectic time because of like climate, it just makes you feel like absolute um <laughs> shit. Yeah, I bet. Um. Uh. So yeah, that was pretty hard. Um, mm-hmm. We ended up going back to him, though. Um, we took a break. Like, I think it was about a month's break. And um, that was, yeah, around our anniversary again. So we took a month break. We um, ended up getting engaged in May 2020. Yep. Yeah. Oh, so congratulations. <laughs> and... Um, yeah, so we started like wedding planning and um, went back to him in June. And he just said, like, let's do a laparoscopic and um, check for anything. Make sure, like, you don't have any endometriosis. Like, if mm-hmm. I need to, like, do anything with any of the cysts or anything that's underlining, just let me know yeah. um, and we'll book it in. So I was like, okay, let's do it. At first, me and Bo were like, oh, we didn't really want to touch our savings. Because mm-hmm. um, obviously having a mortgage, we didn't want to, um, you know, if I was to fall pregnant, would I? What would that look like? Would that mean me going to work and things like that? Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, we um, did have a quick chat um, afterwards, and then I ended up calling them and saying like, "Hey, like, we'll book that in." So we ended up doing that um, in June. So he did the um, laparoscopic and found the prognosis, but he didn't treat anything because he wanted to consult me first. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, yeah, I was I was like, oh, I thought we're just paying for it to just be done, like whatever needed to be done, let's do mm-hmm. it. So what did but, he find? So he ended up finding um, like a membrane growing on like my ovaries, on my um, so it was like a web, like a, if you think of like a spider web yeah. attached to my ovaries. Um, that's pretty much as much as he explained to me. Um, he did lift up my ovaries as well because mm-hmm. they were low that he said um, and did some other stuff, I think, like burning off cysts or things like that. I'm not 100% sure. But okay. said there was no endo. The tubes were clear. Everything was looking really healthy. Mm-hmm. So we ended up doing July and then getting the membrane removed because he said, look, we could do IVF and just bypass it and not do another laparoscopic. 
mm-hmm. but I was like no 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 like let's deal with this now because I'm all you know like I'm uh, uh, 22 21 at this stage or something and and I was like no like let's just do it now like let's get rid of it and he was like okay good idea and that way we didn't have to jump straight into IVF we could just be like oh like we'll fix this and see how that goes yeah because you think I mean I don't quite know the exact terminology but you think that would be causing like structure a structural like abnormally which can you know hinder you think it would hinder mm-hmm. you know implantation or um yeah so that's yeah, yeah like it would just restrict like any eggs from dropping as well yeah yeah interesting okay yeah I thought so too I was like I don't know anyone else who has this like is it just me <laughs> yeah. he's like yeah like he's like it's unusual I was like okay that's great Mm. Uh, so we ended up trying naturally I think for like a couple of months and again didn't really have my period so we jumped in to do an IUI in September Mm -hmm. and um yeah we were pretty excited about that but my cycle went for like 28 days and it was cancelled because it didn't work and it like the medication that he increased yeah um and so he recommended, like, we try again and up the meds um, or do IVF. And we ended up just going away from that a little bit because we were not n- not too sure what to do. Mm-hmm. Um, again, price factor always comes into it. Yeah. Um, and I didn't really know what to expect either. So I was, like, Googling and, like, researching and YouTubing, trying to find people's stories to try and, like, see if, I can get more of an understanding. Mm-hmm. So I did that and um, we ended up deciding like, yep, okay, like let's just give it a crack and see how it goes. Um, so we did that, I think, October or November. No, October. I think we did that and mm-hmm. the egg retrieval um was 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 okay like I feel like um you know my first time I didn't really know what to expect and I was pretty sick after it um couldn't really function or um I don't know like just do anything like day to day, even like just like getting myself food was pretty hard. Mm-hmm. So, Were you put to sleep um, with the egg picker? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Cool. I went under anesthetic. Yeah. Um, we got 10 eggs out of that cycle mm-hmm. um, and five matured and then three made it to day five. So mm-hmm. That's not a bad we, round. Yeah. So we froze um, – two and transferred one mm-hmm. um we didn't do any pg testing um we still haven't done anything like that mm-hmm. um just due to the advice that we've been given yeah so oh it's like thinking back now i feel like i shouldn't have done that transfer knowing like how sick i was um, so we just really bloated to... and just feeling a bit yuck yeah, yeah. really bloated and um I probably had like um, OHS, mm-hmm. 
and I just didn't realize yeah and when I taught when I rang the nurse she was like oh like just keep taking you know your uh, medication that we prescribed Mm -hmm. for you and so I did that but it was literally like couch shower Mm -hmm. to try and feel better couch shower and like obviously like the hot shower to make like to just help bring that pain away yeah so this was before you had your transfer yeah before I had my transfer yeah Yeah. on day five like I was better Mm -hmm. um still like couldn't drive or anything like that I um yes I I honestly I didn't know what to expect and I just thought that was normal Mm -hmm. and didn't really raise the concern until like cycle three you know because I was like I don't know what's normal and um you know I did call them a couple of times and let them know and I can't you know maybe they thought like I, I might I don't know overthinking overreacting I'm not sure yeah so that's kind of how I felt um with that so I just thought maybe it's normal so let's just keep pushing on um like we can do this <laughs> so because all you want to do after a a, a stem cycle and you just want to do that transfer <laughs> so probably in the back of your mind yeah. you're like oh something probably doesn't feel right but you're like no no we can we can do this transfer mm-hmm. so how how did you go with your transfer and your your two-week wait um it was it was good um it was you know we were pretty excited um about it mm-hmm. um we did tell like a couple of people and Honestly, because it was like feels like so long ago, can't really remember because that was back <laughs> in like November, um, October, November, twenty twenty. Yeah. Um. So that was pretty hard. After that, when that cycle didn't work, I ended up taking two months off work again. Mm-hmm. Um. Because I yeah was well pretty devastated. Yeah. And during that time obviously we had that other staff member that was now leaving and that always adds to it hey yeah and I kind of just was like a like quite lost I didn't really know what to do I was like maybe I should find another job um you know I couldn't really fulfill my job or my Mm -hmm. team because I was not really there yeah yeah did you um see a psychologist like maybe one that your um clinic provided or or how how did you deal with um you know that emotional distress um I know I didn't really see anyone until um last year oh okay um yeah I kind of just you know me and Bo have a really good open communication so Mm -hmm. um it did take a while for um Bo to really open up yep so as I said, like during that Clomid time was probably like the hardest because like we were, you know, pretty closed off about, you know, losing our first baby and now trying for another. Of course, so yeah. It was a lot. I didn't really, yeah, talk to anyone. The doc- um, the hospital offered somebody. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I might have reached out to maybe, uh, and yeah, that I reached out to a naturopath in uh, – I'm going to say maybe like July mm-hmm. 2019. Yeah. And I saw her for a little while and I kind of just spoke to her and she was really great. She um 
I don't think she expected that for our first conversation. But mm. at that stage, I hadn't really spoken to anyone about it. Um, a lot of my friends didn't really want to talk about it. And whenever they saw me crying, they would just be like, oh, like, no, don't cry. Like, you know, like, try and change the subject. Oh, they probably just and didn't think, know how what to say or yeah. how to support you. Oh, yeah, sucks. and, you know, yeah. being so young, we do have, you know, a lot of our friends around the same age and maybe a little mm-hmm. bit older. Yeah. So they still hadn't gone through anything like that and they were still, like, you know, just had a different space to what we were. Yeah, of course. Yeah. So we ended up, after I took some time off, we did another cycle in – February um, 2021. Uh, so the same clinic, um, we retrieved 14 eggs that round. So I was pretty um, ec- ecstatic about that. Yeah. So did you you still had two frozen though, right? So you, yep. you just left them in the freezer? Yep. Okay. Yep. yep. Sorry, continue. Um, with, with this clinic, they did a, um, uh, a cycle guarantee. So if you didn't fall pregnant the first time. Um, the next cycle was on them, mm-hmm. which is why we chose to go with them in the first place. Because, um, you know, like obviously if they can't do it the first time, then at least they'll subsidise some of the cost for yes. the egg retrieval. So that's why we did another one. Um, so we um, ended up retrieving, yeah, 14 eggs, um, 10 matured that time, and then we had five made it to day five. So oh wow, that's great. We were yeah, we were pretty um excited about that. Yep. Um we did like cut back on like our drinking and like food and like did obviously things that you can to improve um the next cycle. Mhm. Um so yeah, we um And so did you, were a, you planning a fresh transfer or a freeze Yeah, we're going to yeah. plan a fresh transfer, yeah. Mm-hmm. So we're going to do that. My doctor didn't um, find that PGT was necessary for us. Yeah, no, that's fair um, enough. So we were like, okay, cool. And at the time, we were looking at selling our first home and moving into a, another home because we had obviously our two dogs, Bear and Sandy, and their Rottweilers, so they needed a bigger backyard. Mm-hmm. So we were trying to like house on the market and we were trying to do um, that, which is why, again, we didn't want to send our eggs away and get tested and pay that money. We were just kind of like going with what we were advised as well. Mm-hmm. No, that's fair enough. Yep. Yeah. Um, that egg retrieval wasn't the greatest. Um, again, I, after I think like my third, uh, my, after this one, I was pretty petrified in having another egg retrieval. Mm-hmm. Um, so during my egg retrieval, um, he must've like nicked my urine cord cause, um, when I was in recovery, I, um, had like severe pain. And I couldn't go to the toilet, like nothing was working and my stomach was like getting um, even bigger. Yeah. And like they were like not really sure what's happening. So they called their anesthetist back and said like, hey, like something's wrong. And like so they gave me some more pain med and they tried to give me something else.
Hello. Are you still there? Sorry. Yeah, sorry. That's all right. And yeah, they they gave me um did that, and I ended up having to get them to put a catheter in because I couldn't obviously go to the toilet, and like there was like blood and urine it like in in like my um wee that I was collecting. Oh wow, so, that's pretty full on after a simple egg retrieval. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah. And I think, you know, and as I said, like accidents happen, like that's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they took extra care of me. Um the surgery closed at five thirty and I think we didn't leave there till like seven thirty. Um and my doctor was like um having a bit of a um disagreement with one of the nurses because he's like no let's take her to the hospital with the catheter in because it took uh with the catheter and the um what's it called um cannula and the Mm -hmm. cannula yeah um because it took them a couple times to get the cannula back in so I I don't know I was just like I don't know like take it out if you need to leave it in I don't know like whatever you want to do like and my doctor's like, she was like, no, she's not let to leave here with the cannula. So they were having their bit of their disagreement. And I'm just like telling Bo, like, can you call my parents? Like, I don't know what's happening. I'm like, so they did like heaps of blood results and tests and stuff like that. Cause like my heart rate was up and they couldn't get it back down. Oh, wow. And they like processed that like uh, really quickly. I think like the guy that the pathology guy, like literally came came grabbed it picked it up and then called them back or it was a pretty quick turnaround mm-hmm. and um honestly I ended up staying at my friend's house who lived like because um, where we went um because we live in Brisbane we went to the Sunshine Coast and our friends lived there so I just stayed there the night mm-hmm. um and they were just like not too sure like your blood pressure is okay you know we can go to the hospital but it would have to be the private and I said I don't have any health insurance like I can't do that but like I feel fine like can I just go home mm. any issues like can I just go to like you know public hospital yeah and my doctor was like okay like let's do that plan you've got my mobile if anything just call me if you need me mm-hmm. I went home and um yeah I just took all the pain meds that they gave me and the next day, like, everything was kind of fine. My bladder was, like, so much better because obviously I had to keep emptying it, but, oh, amazing the next day. Like, I'm so glad they kept the catheter in as well. Mm-hmm. So that was good. Yeah. And then um, we went back the next day. They took everything out. They checked everything and weren't 100% sure what really happened, but that was that. Yeah. Yeah, wow. I, that's crazy after a um an egg pickup. That is <laughs> insane. But and crazy like the next day you just you felt quite well. Yeah. yeah. Like I was still like, you know, pretty hazy after an egg retrieval, but mm-hmm. a lot better than that day that I had it. Like I felt like I was literally have like I was like I'm like doomed. I have no idea. <laughs> I was like I'm like cursed with egg retrievals. Yeah, yeah. So I take it that you decided not to do a fresh transfer with all that happening or did you still go ahead with that? Um, 
we still went ahead because my doctor said there's no reason why like you felt really good you took I took a different medication after the egg retrieval the second time and I was pretty much able to do everything back to normal so we said because I said to him on on the day of the transfer I said do you, are you sure like I feel like you know after everything he's like no like you know everything's fine like this is yeah. all good like you drove here today that's yeah. better than your last one yeah so wow. we ended up doing another transfer yeah yeah so that two-week wait was pretty hectic I ended up so the first one I did no testing whatsoever mm-hmm. um, the second one I couldn't really help myself so I ended up started I tested on like day seven day six or seven okay and I got like a super faint line and mm-hmm. um, I was like to Bo, like I woke him up. I was like, hey, like, can you look at this? And he was like, look at what? And I was like, can you please see if this is a line? And he was like, and like, he literally just waking up. He's trying to open his eyes. Yeah. <laughs> I'm yeah. like, wide oh, cra- awake. Crazy things we do. <laughs> I know. And I was like, like, hey, like, look at this. And he's like, yeah, that is a line and I was like oh yay like that's really good news yeah um, and so did you keep testing each day what happened yeah I kept testing each day but it didn't get darker mm, unfortunately okay. yeah so when I got my bloods back they were like like your HCGs only add up it's like 15 or mm-hmm. I don't know something like that and they're like yeah. look um, keep taking your meds but just let us know when you have a bleed and then yeah that night ended up having a bleed and I just let her know the next day so yeah oh, that sucks um, just to see that faint line and yeah, it's all such a head fuck isn't it just yeah, yeah so, that two-week wait going through all of that I know because you know even like my doctor was just like because when we were doing that transfer on that day he's like look this is a really great egg like better than your last one so I was like cool mm-hmm. all right let's just do this yeah um and yeah so yeah it was pretty devastating after that one um and during that period between January and March I was looking for a new job mm-hmm. so still in the same industry just somewhere else or no, completely different. I just oh, wanted wow. something completely different. Yeah. I wanted to learn something different. Oh, and, cool. Because um, being in a small team, I don't want to be in a small team. I wanted to be in a big team. So, like, if I had any, like, um, you know, if I had any, like, not so much issues, but if I couldn't really cope with, like, people around me falling pregnant, then yeah. I want to be in a large team to be able to, like, be distributed elsewhere. Yeah, it's crazy that, we, you know, um, going through IVF, you even have to think about that, hey, it's it I know. Yeah. And literally, like, when I got my faint positive, another girl at work fell pregnant and I just knew, uh-huh. like, my – I honestly didn't even know what to say because it was literally at a staff meeting and I was just, like, I completely lost it. I was like, I have to leave. Like, what uh-huh. the fuck? Yeah. I was like, what the fuck? Why are you all doing this to me? And I know it wasn't their fault. I totally know it. But literally, what the fuck? That's pretty much literally, I think I stayed in the house for like four or five days after that and didn't mm. leave. And Bo was like trying to like help me. And like, I just literally just laid on the couch and cried the whole time. 
Yeah, that sucks. And Bo's probably trying to deal with his own, you know, grief and processing it. But at the same time, you know, he's trying to be there for you. And yeah, it's, it's such a hard situation. Yeah. So that was pretty hard. And that, and like after that weekend, I got a call back from a job and they were like, hey, like, can you start at this time? And I was like, yeah, like, sign me up. Yeah, cool. <laughs> You're probably ready just for something new to take your mind off it. Yeah, I was like, yeah. I want to do training. Like, train me in something. Let's yeah, cool. Let's do something. Let's you know stay occupied. Yeah. Um, we ended up doing a back-to-back transfer this time. Mm-hmm. Um, instead of waiting. Yeah. So knowing that we fell pregnant, we were like, okay, well, let's um, you know, let's try and do it back to back. Yeah. Um, and this time it would be a frozen transfer, not an egg retrieval. So it would be a lot easier knowing that I only just have to take a couple of medications and not all X, Y, Z needles and stuff. Yeah, yeah, of course. And how Um, did that one go? Yeah. I did that one in March. Mm -hmm. Um, So I started in March when I started my new job. Um, And because I was just doing training for the first four weeks, um, I went into insurance um, and yeah, we did a, by that time it was like the beginning of April that we did the frozen cycle and this time our doctor recommended transferring too. Oh, wow. How did you feel about that? Um, me and Bo obviously spoke about it quite a lot mm-hmm. during obviously these, knowing that we fell pregnant the second time like potentially you know let's put like the the next ones in Mm -hmm. um we kind of just like okay if that's your recommendation let's just do it I didn't tell anyone about that cycle um because literally like giving bad news all the time was pretty shit of course yeah um and um, I think maybe I only told like my manager who was like my best friend mm-hmm. and another really close friend and that was pretty much it. After my frozen, like after the transfer, I was pretty upset. Like I literally cried the whole way home because I was like, how is it that easy to just do that like compared to the other cycles? I think I was just really overwhelmed because of like how easy it was. Yeah, it's a definitely frozen. a different process. Hey, you it's, it's weird. Yeah. You almost don't even have time to think about it. And then all of a sudden you're doing a transfer. Whereas before yeah. it was like, go, go, go with your, you know, your ultrasounds and yeah. bloods and medications and then an egg pickup. And then, mm-hmm. yeah, it's, it's different. Hey, like in a good and in a bad way. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, we did that cycle and that, um, I think I started testing again, maybe from like day five Mm -hmm. and it was all negative right up until our next blood. So yeah, yeah, at that stage, it was pretty shit and my birthday was coming up. So it was like pretty bad Um, and I couldn't really focus at work. So I took like the day off Mm -hmm. and um, oh. Yeah, I was literally turning 24 in 2021 in April and Mm -hmm. I was a bit, um, 
I don't know. I was literally like, why? Like, and you know, my doctor's like, when we did our meeting with him after that second, the third one and the double transfer, mm. um, he was like, you know, you're still young, like, you'll be fine. Like, you know, your eggs aren't the greatest quality, but, um, you know, we can just do another transfer. We can look at doing three next time. Oh, and I whoa. was like, what? Three? Like, uh, you, yep. Oh, I, and I was like, that's not that's not good advice. I was yeah. like pretty, <laughs> when he said that, I was like really like not happy. I was like, yeah, and wow. also like really risky. Like why I don't, like, you know. I didn't even think you could do that in Australia, transfer three. Oh, I, I was yes, like, but, oh wow! I was just like that. Uh, I know. I was really shocked. I was like, "What the hell is happening right now?" Like, mm-hmm. was Bo there with you for this conversation when you were chatting? Um, no, his okay. mum was. Oh, okay, yeah. And we both looked at each other like, "No." Yeah, wow. And I rang my best friend, um, and. She, she was like what and I was like yeah that's what he said (laughs) that is just insane so were you thinking yep let's go into another transfer obviously only transferring one or two or what what were you thinking were going to be your next steps after that my next step was find a new doctor okay right because I just felt like yeah, I just was like, no way. Because every time I saw him, he was like, oh, you're young. Like, you've already felt pregnant. Like, you'll be yeah. fine. Like, he, you know, he is, I, you know, if I had to, if I had to go back to him, like, I would see him. But at the same mm-hmm. time, he just wasn't the right one anymore for us. Like, because yeah. we were so young, he wasn't taking us seriously. Yeah. Uh, and um, so... I was like, you know what, I'm going to try and find someone else. Mm-hmm. And I didn't really have the big push until obviously that meeting. And then when I had that conversation with my best friend and she was like, like, hey, like you should go see this other doctor who her sister-in-law saw. Yeah. Um, and she, her sister-in-law saw, um, oh, had been going through IVF treatments for eight years and fell pregnant with him. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, so I was like, okay, well, like, I'll give him a go. Yeah. I was pretty worried because, like, I had to get my stuff all transferred to him. But because for some reason I thought it cost money to transfer all of our paperwork and stuff like that, but mm-hmm. it didn't. Did you? So you transferred <laughs> your embryos as well to the the new yeah. clinic? Yeah. Yeah. And was what what involve what does that involve? Is it hard? No, actually, like I obviously had to get a. Um, a referral to go see the new doctor. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a lot of paperwork involved. So our last cycle ended in April, yeah. May, June and July was literally gathering all my paperwork. So my whole life, when I go and see doctors, mm-hmm. if I do tests, if I do anything yep. um, that I think is going to be worthy for me down the track or to hold on to, I literally just get them to print it out and say like, can you print this out for me so I can keep track of it? Yeah. And you sound very proactive. <laughs> Yeah, nine times out of ten, they'll be like, yeah, cool, like, I'll print it out. There are some doctors like, no, like, you don't need it. Like, why do you need it? Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, I would like it. That's all I would like for my appointment today is just you to print that off and I'll yeah. be on my way and you can see your next client. I'm not going to hold you up. Just print it off. Yeah. Um, I did have a lot of lash, like, lash back from that from some doctors. Like, they would not be happy and they would um, get passive aggressive. Oh, but I just... I, as I said to her and him, 
like to these because I had two different doctors at two different places I just said like look you're not a fertility specialist like if you were like I would be happy to keep my stuff here but you're not so Mm -hmm. I would like to gather this for my new doctor yeah um haven't seen them ever again but (laughs) um yeah that's all I was asked yeah it was a massive thing they made it a massive thing and I just was like well like okay so I have this massive folder that I took with me to my new doctor (laughs) and literally had our first meeting and he was like whoa a lot of stuff (laughs) I was like yeah it's literally dates back to probably like 2015 from when I started yeah going to the doctors um you know with the glucose and my hormones because of my polycystic ovaries yeah had pretty much from 2015 to 2021 yep and did he look at any of that stuff sorry he or she did he did they look at any of the stuff or did they just want to start from scratch and do their own investigations what happened yeah well at this stage it had been two years me with this um, my last clinic and they needed a refresh of bloods. Mm-hmm. So um, in our um, consultation, I had all of that and he was like, okay, some of this you don't need to redo because that will be like a forever result. Um, and he just got me to just do some more bloods and things like that um, just to get them more fresh and updated. And mm-hmm. that was fine. Um, he got Bo to do another sperm test and mm-hmm that come back not great um, oh, okay. this time. Yeah. Um, so the count or the motility, morphology, what, what was not great about it? Um, the motility. Oh, okay. Um, and I'm pretty sure, um, yeah, it was the motility, yeah. Mm-hmm. And like the growth of them. They weren't growing okay. like normal sperm. They would have like double heads or like, um, you know, two tails or whatever, like not yeah. like a. And so that was the first, oh. like, no, that was the first time you guys had heard of that. Yeah. Yeah. First time. So I was like, okay, cool. Let's try and rule some things out. Um, I got him all the stuff from my um, laparoscopic and things like that as well. He was a, he, he was like, oh, like your, your tubes look fine. Hopefully they're still like fine now. Um and things like that so I ended up getting um like our chromosomes yeah, and done so as well. he, like he wasn't there like all um, of that was he tested yeah so my doctor was like look you don't have to but as I said to my partner I said look what's like a thousand dollars on all these blood tests I'm like yeah man nothing <laughs> so I was <laughs> like cool let's go get those done like let's just rule it out now why not mm-hmm. Yep. So, um, did all that, did my AMH again. Um, this time we did Bo's DNA fragmentation. Okay. So um, this this guy's really test. delving in. This sounds like all new information for you guys. Yeah, I yep. was like, Okay, yeah, like he knows something that we don't. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, no. He um lots of different tests that we did. Uh, so that was good. Mm-hmm. Um, when Bo did his um, DNA fragmentation, though, it was really bad the first time. Okay. Um, with the first time, I think Bo abstained um, from ejaculating for about three to five days, as it states. Mm-hmm. 
and once we got that result back we were a little bit devastated because um, we haven't had had that result before um, and our bow didn't really take it um, too well um, but I just kind of just encourage him like hey like let's just do it again it could have been like an off week like you know like let's try it again mm-hmm. so we did it in another couple of weeks time and this time we were going to the Gold Coast so instead of a 40 minute drive it was an hour and 40 minute drive oh wow so yeah that adds to <laughs> getting to appointments and yeah things. yeah yeah um and the next, the second time round for his DNA fragmentation test for his sperm, mm-hmm. um, he had to ejaculate for seven days, bef- um, and then on the eighth day, ejaculate a sample. Oh wow, he would have been a bit busy then. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah, and I'd be like, I'll literally come home from work, like, have you done everything? He's like, yes, I've done everything. Like, don't yeah. remind me. <laughs> he has the easy part, so like, he just has a good time and look at everything else that you've had to go through. Oh, they get that's it so exactly easy, what they? I I know that's exactly what I said I was like oh my god like I literally have to stab myself yeah. so many times yeah um and after you know, being in hospital so many times I'm like I didn't I haven't seen you in hospital once these last yeah. three years yeah <laughs> so but no I, I know that was like a really big thing for him so I did feel really bad mm-hmm. um and so at this stage as well, like I started seeing um, a, a therapist as well. So I was seeing her once every fortnight during this new um, era of our new doctor, mm-hmm. new cycle, new tests and things. And that was helping heaps um, for me to understand why people um, respond the way they do um, with these this sort of stuff. And, you know, um, took me and Bo ages to have open communication of where we want to be and how we feel and things like that because there was a couple of times where Bo would have a complete meltdown and um you know he kind of just let it build up too much so now we have that communication where it's not going to build up and he's not going to have that you know mm-hmm. meltdown of like not knowing what to do how to help me and why this is happening mm-hmm. um but yeah so back to his um DNA sample that came back in normal range so my doctor was super happy about that um, but wasn't really happy about um, my egg quality because mm-hmm. um, obviously we got our eggs transferred over to them um, mm-hmm. and he said like look you know you do have like 35 year old eggs oh not wow 20 not 24 um, yeah. he said like they're not great but he said we can make them better mm-hmm. um so at this stage I was doing um meds that were a lot higher completely different a whole new cycle I'm pretty sure it was like the immune protocol um so also um Honestly, it was just pretty full on this one. It was like way intense than I ever had before, but I was ready to do it. Yeah. Um, so he didn't even want to look at transferring any of your frozen embryos. No. He was keen to work on your egg quality and do a whole new egg pickup. Yeah. Yeah, wow. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And I said to Bo, I was like, come on, like, let's just 
let's just grind and mm-hmm. make the money and make it happen and we'll do it. Uh, and they have like a support group and there's just so much positivity in that as well, which really assured us um, that, you know, we're in good hands. And mm-hmm. my nurse was amazing. My tech was amazing. Like everything, just everything was just really smooth. Um, yeah. You know, I did let him know about the incident, about one of my egg retrievals. And so I just said, like, I'm really traumatized. So please, like, just let the nurses know on the day, like, that's what I've gone through. Yeah. And because they're in the same floor. So they work closely together in the day surgery and the um the clinic. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we did an egg retrieval. And... Um, everything was great right up until the egg retrieval. Like I had like 20 or so eggs. He said, they're all looking really, really good. Um, but he only retrieved, I'm going to say maybe like five eggs. Okay. So sorry, you mean there was... 20 follicles and then Follo- yeah, so 20 eggs. follicles. Yeah, okay, gotcha. Yeah. yeah. And he said, like, he just said to me, like, after, because they do it differently after their egg retrieval where you um, recover from day surgery and then you go up to the clinic and you see your nurse that's taking care of you. Oh, okay. Yeah, completely different to what I've done before. Usually I just go straight home. Um, but no, they took me up and I was chatting with my nurse and doc, the, the doctor was just like, um, not really sure why, but all your follicles didn't have anything inside them except for the five that we retrieved. Oh, wow. And I was just like, what? I was like, but, like, I did everything this time. Like, you know, I did everything, like, healthy eating. We did, like, CoQ10. We did, like, you know, your prenatals, your multivitamins, like, aspirin. Like, every single thing you could do, Mm -hmm. acupuncture, like, meditation. I was like, what? He was like, but, you know. Um, we've got five so we'll just see how they go and he's like I'll follow you up and just um, I'll, I'll do some research and just see why this is the case and I was like okay. <laughs> wow so cool. even he was as shocked as you and was ready to go and do some yeah, research and, and see what had happened. Yeah wow. That's and fun. I was like what the heck. Yeah. <sighs> Anyway, so how did um, those five go? We had two that made it to day five, so pretty good. Yeah, that's not bad. And yeah. was there a mention in terms of um, like the grading or how they looked compared to mm. previous cycles or was it um, the same? They were much better. I think there was a B and an A grade mm-hmm. this time. Yep. Where I think my last clinic I only had really Cs. Okay. And maybe one B or maybe one A, which was the one that we had the um, the pregnancy on. Yeah. So even so though you got less, it looked cycle. like the quality was slightly better anyway. So I better. guess that's, that's what you want, really, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. 
yeah, so we did that. Um, and the transfer was great. It was easy. Um, during that two week wait was pretty hard because, um, we had told family that we've seen a new doctor. Mm -hmm. Um, we did obviously, um, post it on social media, Mm -hmm. um, and things like that. Cause we were quite open, um, through social media as well about what we're going through Mm -hmm. because with this cycle we did do a bit of a fundraiser to help raise a bit of extra money um for it oh wow uh because we were going to do the pgt testing okay on this cycle all right um so yeah we did a little bit of a fundraiser and i had like heaps of like friends and family and people that i just acquaintances and people that i didn't know that helped us with that and yeah just I just couldn't believe like how much response we had back from them and because I didn't want to do a GoFundMe I just wanted to just do a post if people would like to help us and they can and honestly yeah it was it was amazing yeah oh, wow that would have so been great so helpful that. just one less thing to worry about because that the financial side can really take its toll on you so that's really cool that mm-hmm. you had that support to um to help you raise the funds yeah yeah it was and at this stage like we've moved now into our second home Mm -hmm. um and like it was a bit of a bigger home similar mortgage but like with all the expenses of paying uh, for the fees and stuff Mm -hmm. um everything was just pretty much overwhelming I wasn't obviously working as much um obviously picked up part-time just under full-time anyway at the insurance job which was good because at my other job I just couldn't bring myself to do any part-time or full-time I think I was doing like two days a week if that mm-hmm. um but yeah so during that two-week wait um it was a really good two-week wait I had a lot of involvement from friends and um family they were all pretty much around and um we were going out of the house because usually I'll just like stay in the house the whole time yeah so you kept yourself busy yeah yeah yeah. and were you testing or you decided not to yeah so I ended up testing I'm gonna say maybe like day six or day seven Mm -hmm. and it was positive like it was you could not have to squint it was pretty positive yeah it was right there and um we just told like a close friend that night mm-hmm. and it was um yeah we were like all hanging out that night so we uh we shared that news and um yeah and we waited and got our results back and that was pretty hard we also did like the intralipids on the day of the transfer as well just to mm-hmm. help with any natural killer cells yeah um obviously in the uterus so we did that um I also did an iron infusion before I did my egg retrieval as well um because my iron was really down okay um but yeah no we got our hcg results back um and they were sitting at 112 so we're pretty yeah that's great pretty excited yeah yeah oh uh, this time um on the day like I surprised Bo because he was like not too sure he couldn't really read me um but I was on the phone to someone prior about something completely different Mm -hmm. so 
I was like, oh, okay. And then obviously I found out I was pregnant. I was really worried. Like I didn't know if I was, you know, you know, do I stop working? Like not like I do much at insurance anyway, but I was like, you know, do I just pull away from all of that um, stress and just, you know, bed rest myself the whole nine months? <laughs> um and we were also like going on a holiday, so I was seeing my be- my best friend um, who lived up north, and I also was like to my nurse like, hey, like can I like fly on a plane? She's like, yeah, yeah, like you're fine, like go fly on a plane, like go have your holiday, come back. Mm-hmm. Um, so the whole time like I was pregnant, I was pretty much testing like every day, like making sure like I'm still pregnant, like it's still there. Yeah. Um, we told friends and family before we went as well. Um, once we were hundred percent sure that my HCG had risen. Um, so did so you have yeah, a few t- blood tests, like a few days apart or a week apart or something? Yeah, we did. Um, we had them. Oh, maybe like every three to. Four five days I would Mm -hmm. say that we did um because in that way that we could just make sure like they were going up but um our what's it it must have been when we were yeah, so we went on our holiday and we come back. So we did like our blood. So it was like my first was like 112. Mm-hmm. My second HCG was like 658. Yep. And my third one was like 938. Um, and so our doctors were like, okay, like that's looking pretty good. Um, and then after doing the one that was like, 938 mm-hmm. my nurse was like oh like can we just do another one 48 hours later like I just want to double check like everything's all good yeah and I was like oh okay cool so we did one 48 hours later and it came back at like 958 and she called me back and she was like pretty worried and she was just like hey like you need to come and see me um we need to like do an ultrasound like like today and I was like well I can't do it today um but I can come in tomorrow Mm -hmm. um because they wanted me to do blood then and I was like oh like I can't really do that and um yeah like completely like freaked me out and she um she was like look hey like this could be like an ectopic pregnancy like knowing that it's not moving up anymore um you know, you should be like six weeks in a couple of days, but we can't, we can't really, can't really tell. So just come in tomorrow. So literally, uh, just literally just, just kind of lost it. And like I rang Bo like, hey, like, I don't know what's happening, but like, I was like, you just have to come home. And I said, you have to take tomorrow off. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know what's happening. And he was like, okay, like, like I'll be home soon and so I come home and I like just couldn't stop crying and like my brother at the time was living with me and like come in and was like like what's wrong and I was like I don't know what's wrong oh sweetie and um he was like trying to calm me down because I couldn't breathe 
Just being in that limbo land, hey. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know, because um, we had um, obviously told people and um, I don't know, like we just felt like pretty positive about it, like pretty hopeful mm-hmm. um, and try not to let, you know, that anxiety get the best of us and things like that. And like even surprisingly, like I, as I said to like some people, like I feel like uh, I just said I just feel happy and um, I said, which is really weird, like I thought I wouldn't be this happy, but I am. I thought I'd be like, have like more anxiety, but mm-hmm. like I didn't. Anyways, so we did that and, um, you know, we did an ultrasound and they confirmed that um, it wasn't an ectopic pregnancy and that, you know, like we are sitting about a week behind and that there wasn't like a fetal pole, but they said it could be normal, mm-hmm. you know, like, um, you know, it's still in your early, so like come back in a week's time and, um, you know, we'll do another ultrasound. Um, so yeah, literally at the stage, what, where was I at? Um, oh yeah, I resigned from my job early October, so this is like mid-October, mm-hmm. um, and, um, I was teeing up to go back, um, to something, but not really sure if I, like, should be, like, working, I honestly had no idea what I was going to do, and, um, yeah, we went back a week later, um, we did bloods again, and, mm-hmm. you know, they were only really going up, like, a couple of mils, like, if that, I mean, um, so we're doing those, like, every couple of days, and I just said to my nurse, like, no, I, I'm not doing any more bloods, like, I'm not doing that mm-hmm. anymore, Yeah. I said, I'll just come back, I'll see you in a couple of days, like, let's just leave it as that, we know it's on next topic, and, like, whatever happens, like, happens and so, so you weren't bleeding or anything and so you no, wasn't wasn't bleeding or anything okay. no yeah just yeah. my hcg levels were just weren't doubling or, yeah yeah they just stayed kind of around the same mm-hmm. um and my doctor was just like come back so he came back in a week's time and um he had an ultrasound but he ended up selling sending us over to the other ultrasound place we went last time to get another one mm-hmm. um, with theirs because it was more up-to-date tech. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, from there it was just um, pretty shit. <laughs> so there wasn't a heartbeat, any um, that, yeah, there just wasn't a heartbeat that we could see. Um And, yeah, my HCG wasn't increasing, so they said, like, hey, like, let's um, do a DNC. And I was like, okay. Um, so I got all the paperwork that I needed, and at that, as I said, I didn't have any health insurance, so I didn't really know how much it was going to cost to do it with, that, with my doctor. Mm-hmm. Um, 
because obviously at this stage I was meant to be like around eight weeks but I was only measuring like six weeks or something yeah oh I'm so sorry that just yeah to have that go on for a few weeks it just Mm. I just can't even imagine how that would play on your mind oh yeah wow yeah so sorry I was like you know they're like you know you can have it naturally and I was like but when is it gonna happen because like I'm not bleeding now I have no pain the the hcg is still going up but it's slow Mm -hmm. um and so I was like I literally can't do anything like I can't go anywhere like what if it happens when I'm out like Mm. yeah so I was a bit like I was like, and then and after last time, you know, hemorrhaging like at home, and I was like, I can't do it at my house. Like it's a new house. Like I don't want it at Aww. my new house. Um, and so I was like, okay, well, he was like, here's all the paperwork. Go to your public hospital and try and book in for a DNC. So yeah, we, me and my mother-in-law went down, um, to book in because. I said to my partner, like, look, everything will be fine. Just go to work today. I'll, I'll go with your mum. Like, it's all fine. Like, it's going to be fine. Like, it's going to be fine. And it wasn't. So oh. he um he ended up finishing his day at work um, at, like, 5.30. We ended up um, driving from the Gold Coast to um, Brisbane to go to the public hospital to try and book in a DNC. Um, we were directed by so many different people and they were like, look, you have to go to the emergency. So yeah, I went to the emergency and reiterated and showed them all my paperwork and stuff like that. Um, and we were there for ages and then they come out and they said, there's nothing that we can do. Like, you don't know, like, you know, you can, you know, you're going to have to give it a week or two before you do a DNC. It could still be early. Mm. And I was like, what? I was like, but my fertility specialist said that I need to have a DNC, and they're like, no, no, like our um obstetrician team think you should wait a week or two. Oh, so they didn't think it was urgent, whereas in your mind it it was. Yeah, yeah. I was like, so I rang my doctor, and I was like, hey, like this is what they've said, and he's like, look, I highly advise not doing that, Mm. um, especially like because. Um, of like my hemorrhaging and like needing the anti-D injection so if I was bleeding at home like I'll need to have the anti-D injection mm-hmm. um, he's like highly advised like put me on to whoever's there and so I put him on to whoever was taking care of me and then she went back to her team and then they come back and they're like look no like we're not gonna do it so I was like okay so I went home and I said to my doctor like I'm really scared like I do not want what happened last time and this was a Friday no Thursday afternoon I think it was mm-hmm. and so I was like because they were like oh like our early pregnancy unit will call you sometime next week and I said sometime I was like can they call me to like tomorrow morning can I call them or it must have been a Friday must have been a Friday I don't know but for some reason I couldn't get in with the early pregnancy unit and um, I had to wait till the week after to get in if they called me. 
and um yeah so I went home and I said to my nurse I said hey like can we just do bloods again will that you know you know like a a fourth set of bloods would that show them like you know my HCG is now going down like you know, I've got my referral from my specialist, I got my referral from the ultrasound clinic, and then I've got all my HCG levels, like, why, like, would that be enough, and she was like, well, you can try, so I went back, but I didn't feel well that Friday night, yeah, it was a Friday night, and I was feeling really sick, kind of like how I felt last time, and my nurse just said, look, keep taking your fertility meds just to get you through, so that way you don't have a complete, like, anxiety, or panic attack so I was like okay I'll do that and then I ended up going to bed a bit early um Bo's best mate dropped in on his way home from work and obviously Bo updated him when I wasn't here and he was like oh shit and um he yeah he stayed pretty much for the whole weekend and just helping us out while I was doing what I needed to do and um just being there to support Bo um and yeah so the Saturday I just said to Bo like I don't feel well like this feels like even worse like I just felt like my body was um I don't know just felt like it was just shutting down so I called my parents and let them know and Bo's mum and we went to the hospital and showed them everything and they were like look you should just wait a week or two and you know come back and at this stage, like, I was just so mad. I was just like, I was just like, seriously? And, um, yeah, so, like, my mum went up and spoke to the nurse, like, hey, like, this isn't the first time. Like, this she's like, had this done a couple of times, you know. This is like, like, she's not coping. Like, you need to do something. Yeah, like you can't wait any longer. It's, you know, emotionally and mentally, like it's, yeah. Yeah, I didn't even know, like, mentally, like where I was. Mm. So, um, um, yeah, and um, they took me straight through, put me on a bed and the doctor come in, he said, okay, I've seen everything, like, well, hopefully we get you in um, today. If not, we'll do it tonight. Yeah. And I was like, okay. And then, like, an hour passed and he come back and he said, look, unfortunately, we can't do it today because you're not bleeding and um, our obstetrician team doesn't think that you need it and that you should wait. Mm. And I was just like, honestly, like, I hate my life. Yeah, and so much back <laughs> was, and forth, um, especially to tell you, oh, yeah, we should be good to go today or tonight and then to turn around and say something totally different. Oh, I okay. just said to him, like, I'm like – what am I meant to do? Like, just, like, wait a week or two or three? Like, yeah. I'm, like, I, I I was just, like, I just grabbed all my stuff and just completely just walked out of the hospital and I rang my nurse and I was, like, can you get me in to see my doctor Monday mm. morning? I do not care about the cost anymore. Yeah. Get me in. Yeah. She's, like, I'll do whatever I can because literally I was crying. She was crying and it was just like a massive like thing. And she was like texting me all afternoon. Yeah. And the Sunday um, she was texting me and, and um, yeah, like I was just like, what is, and I was back and forth with my doctor as well. 
I don't even know. It was a bit of a blur, like, with my phone because I was, like, um, like trying to call, like, whoever can make this happen for me, make it happen. Because mm-hmm. on the Sunday, um, my cramps got worse because, obviously, I stopped my meds because my nurse said, look, let's just stop your meds. Um, you won't probably bleed until maybe, like, maybe Monday or a bit later so you can mm-hmm. be fine and rest assured, like, Sunday you'll be okay. So I stopped all my meds on the Saturday and, um, yeah, I just, again, I got this, like, weird feeling again, like, same thing as last time. And so I was just, like, I rang my mum and I felt like I'm not feeling well and the cramps are getting worse. And, yeah, so she just, like, had a shower. And, um, yeah, so I think I was in there for, like, I don't know, maybe, like, an hour or so. I don't mm-hmm. know. And then, um, yeah, like, my mum and dad came over for a little bit to see me. And, um, yeah, I don't know, like, even, like, that Saturday night, like, I just said to my partner, like, honestly, like, I do not feel well. I was like, I really don't even want to be here. Like, Aww. why aren't anyone, like, why isn't anyone taking anything seriously? Like, am I, like, overreacting? Like, what is happening? So, um, and, like, I even had, like, a couple of people say, like, you know, that's just the hospital system. Like, you're not, like, like, you know, it's, like, not, you're not bleeding. So, like, you know, they've got other people to tend to. Yeah, but that's not what you want to hear because of what you're going through. And I was just like, I just can't, like, so completely lost it. And I just, I don't know, by sun, Sunday, like, I literally just gave up. I was like, honestly, I don't even know where I am. Um, but I'm literally just right here. And I ended up getting a call from my nurse. And she was like, hey, like, just checking in, like, where are you? And I was like, I just need something to be done. Mm-hmm. And so she um, was still trying to contact the person in charge of the day surgery. But they ended up calling me at like 8 o'clock Sunday night to say like, you need to be there at like 7 o'clock in the morning on the Monday to have oh, wow. your um, surgery done. Yeah. 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 So, um, yeah, my nurse just really pushed for it and just like kept um, – following it up to make sure like it happened because yeah I was literally losing it yeah so um uh, yeah that was pretty much the end of that we did a um we sent away um everything for testing from the DNC and obviously we only had the two embryos and transferred the one and um we froze the other one um we were going to get it pgt tested both of them but they said like look our advice is like transfer this great one mm-hmm. and um you know the i don't think like this ember the second embryo is going to last till day six for testing and oh, okay i highly against like testing it yeah. Because obviously I was like, oh, like I would like to just know, to just to rule it out from obviously 
um, you know, from miscarriage or anything like that. But mm-hmm. um, I just followed the embryologist's advice and I just said to her, like, I really appreciate that because they don't generally like to give you what they recommend. They kind of give you the option and you have to choose. Yeah, yeah, of course. And, um, yeah, so um, where we reconvened with my doctor and he said, look, we, um, despite the outcome, it was good to obviously get that result, but now mm-hmm. we need to know why you obviously aren't holding like these pregnancies and things yeah. like that. So I'm not too sure if he, um, like what our plan is next. I know we're going to be doing a, um, a frozen cycle, but like at this stage, that was in October last year that we had the DNC. So mm-hmm. we have pretty much just stopped everything for the time being. Um, once I had that mis- miscarriage, I um, uh, ended up going back to my old job um, back in the beauty industry um, and just doing like two days a week there because uh, I knew like I had to go back to work mm-hmm. um obviously we just spent like I don't know like it's like 13 no fifteen thousand dollars on the cycle plus the DNC plus like the medication so I had to go back to work um and over the last couple of months we've just been trying to just focus on other things and you know our home and mm-hmm. um I'm now now back at working pretty much full-time at my um you know my job yeah and um I'm about to turn 25 next month and I'm not really sure um where like yeah like where I'm gonna be we are looking at doing another cycle in um September, um, potentially September, October, um, looking at doing the frozen cycle. Um, I've got a, an appointment booked at the beginning of September to just go through everything again and just work out a strategy that's going to help us the most. Yep. Just see Um, if there's anything you can do differently with medications and things. Yep. Yeah. Um, But even, like, our results that came back from the DNC were inconclusive. Oh, wow. So So that doesn't give you much either. Yeah. And, like, our first pregnancy um, with our first baby, that was a, you know, first pregnancy. So I didn't know it was a thing, you know, I didn't think we'd have to, like, send away, like, you know, them to get tested I didn't think of that at that time like the hospital asked us but I was like like no like it's like it's fine like don't worry about that because I didn't think you know it would happen to me several times I just thought you know maybe once so you know I do have regrets like not sending our first baby away for testing because um yeah I just might have had some answers I don't know yeah. Oh wow. What what a story so far, Mariah. 
I we, um, know. We'll definitely have to um, check in with you maybe later in the year or next year and I think we have to do a, yeah. a part two. Yeah, I yeah. know. Definitely. Crazy. Oh, my God, an hour and a half. Oh my gosh. That's okay. <laughs> That's yeah. Because yeah. I'm hoping September will be good. As after everything that happened in October, I um jumped on board and got some health insurance for hospital mm-hmm. cover. Yeah. Just to um yeah, just to just help us with those admissions and the intralipids because they'll all come like mm-hmm. included. So it's just gonna cut a couple of those costs that um you know that we didn't have. So. Um, that's why we're planning September for how health insurance to be kicked in by then. So, yeah, if I need anything, um, I will have be able to see my doctor like no matter what. Yeah, I definitely help with yeah, just to take one aspect of the stress away. You can yeah, you can have some help with the financial stuff with having the health insurance because it does take so much goes on. And, yeah, it's like you just throw money. You're constantly throwing money and nothing is guaranteed, yet you just forever just, here, money, money, money. Yeah, literally. Just to add to it all. To get nothing in return except for, like, like heartbreak and grief. Yeah, nothing is is guaranteed. So it's, um, yeah, it's pretty shitty and, yeah, it's just really unfair and I just don't don't understand why this yeah happens to so many people yeah and it's definitely not talked about enough hence why we're you know chatting right. about it now yeah and yeah making a podcast yeah and in saying that you know I did have a friend come back to me about a year well about a year and a half later and um they were like I'm really sorry I had no idea what I done to you and just left you and I was like you know like I really appreciate you coming back and saying that now um he had um yeah someone else go through what I did so he saw that and was just like I was a complete yeah just didn't just had no idea so yeah it was really good to see him come back um and acknowledge that so it was nice yeah of course well, thank you so much for sharing your story with me, Mariah. Yeah. We'll definitely have to check back in with you um, later on in the year or, or next year if you'd like to. Yeah, yeah, I'll definitely keep in touch. As I said, like um, I always have got obviously the um, IVF tales like on my podcast. Mm-hmm. So when I saw you were coming back, I was like, yay. Yeah, oh, that's so, <laughs> so cool. Good. Yeah, oh, awesome. So, yeah. Well, I wish you Once all the very more, best. I'll let you know. Oh, yeah, definitely. We'll yeah. definitely have to um, chat again soon. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Thanks, Simone. Thank you for listening to another episode of IVF Tales. Would you like to share your tale? Click on the SurveyMonkey link below and I'll get in touch with you.